Before we get going on today's show, I gotta tell you guys about StravaCraft coffee. It's a game-changing coffee. StravaCraft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee, it's taken away everything from long-term migraines to back pain and arthritis, IBS. It, helps, it has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is also all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. And we couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully. Check it out for yourself today. And you can receive 20% off when you use the code DNVR20 at checkout. And you'll also get it stripped straight to your door. What's up? Welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast. We are presented by Total Beverage, where DNVR listeners can get 30% off of your purchase of $75 or more by using the code DNVR2019. Do that online or on the Total Beverage app. And remember, Total Beverage delivers to most other metro area, and they also now have CBD products as well. So check out Total Beverage for all your wine, beer, spirits needs, and CBD needs also uh, this week. Tuesday edition of the show, Harrison Wind here, along with Brendan Vote on the other line. How's it going, man? What's up, man? I miss you today. I could not make it to practice. I had uh, my first doctor's appointment in, I want to say, half a decade. <laughs> uh, so that yeah. one, uh, gave a bunch of affirmative answers to questions that um, would make my mother upset and uh, felt pretty sad about myself generally. So not a great day for me. So do you want to share what made you schedule your first doctor's appointment in uh, a century or half a century? Just a general sense <laughs> of uh, this can't be right. So, okay. Yeah. I guess it we'll was, leave uh, it was that. good. I'm glad I went. I'll get checked out, folks. You know, it's important. For sure. For sure. Um, a, a couple quick notes before we get started here. And uh, I, I want to talk about Denver's defense today because we talked about it a little on Monday's show, but... Just based on these last couple of games, it probably deserves our attention a bit more. And also some interesting stuff that I practice uh, here on Monday uh, about just Denver's defense overall. And then I thought it'd be cool if we handed out some grades for the first three weeks of the season. You know, Nuggets are nine games into this thing. So three weeks in seemed like a decent point where we can stop and kind of assess how you know each player has done. So we'll... Uh, We'll have every Nuggets player step into our principal's office a little here <laughs> and uh, and hand out some grades. I love it. I, I do want to remind you guys, though, we teased it on Twitter, but I'm going to start talking about it on the podcast. We're having our first live show, a live taping of the DNVR Nuggets podcast, our, our first live show, Thursday, November 21st at Blake Street Tavern. You guys are not going to want to miss this. We're putting a lot of planning into this show. Uh, there's going to be a lot of audience participation, a lot of giveaways, maybe some Nuggets tickets, probably some DNVR merch or maybe some uh, Breck Brew merch. Also, it's at Blake Street Tavern, so great food and drink there. Uh, so, yeah, come on out. Going to be, you know, obviously me, Brendan, Adam there, maybe some special guests as well. 7 p.m. on Thursday, November 21st, next Thursday. Uh, it's going to be a great time. I know, Brendan, I'm really excited about doing this live show. It's something I've wanted to do uh, for the last couple of seasons, so I'm glad we're we're doing it here next week or in a, a week from Thursday. Man, I can't wait. I, I was able to do one with Adam um, 
uh, with the Denver Stiffs, and it was so much fun, dude. But to do it with you, get the DNVR family in there. Um, look, there's just nothing more fun than like hanging out with with basketball friends, Nuggets fans, and drinking beer and talking hoops. So come down to Blake Street Tavern. Just can't wait for this to get started. Yeah, Thursday, November 21st, 7 p.m. is when things are going to start. We're just going to be taping a live edition of the podcast, but there's going to be a ton of audience interaction. We're going to get some fans, get some listeners up on stage with us, ton of giveaways as well. So uh, I feel like it's going to be a great time, just a lot of just cool basketball talk. And there's also going to be some Thursday night games going on TNT that we'll watch as well. So uh, make sure to come on that. More info to come. Also, want to remind you guys, sign up for a DNVR subscription right now if you haven't. Uh, because I'm hearing through the grapevine, prices are going to go up. You can read what I think is the best Denver sports coverage right now for only $3.74 a month. And that price point, that offer, it's not going to be around forever. And I think it actually might be going away pretty soon. So uh, hit up dnvr.com, thednvr.com backslash subscribe. And you can get an annual subscription for just $3.74 a month. And again, I don't think that price is going to be here forever. Hey, I just want to also tack on there, Harrison. Use promo code WIND or VOTE or MARES, and you can receive a free shirt as well with that subscription. Helps us out. We want to knock the other beats out of the park here. Uh, show the boss who runs this town, and that's Nuggets fans. Definitely, and we should win this award with how the Nuggets are playing. And uh, I know we got the best readers out there, so uh, if you haven't signed up for a subscription, Get on that pretty quickly because I don't know how much longer that $3.74 a month price point is going to be here. But, I mean, let's turn to the Nuggets right now. So uh, they get the win in Minnesota the other day, sitting pretty at 7-2. and two. Uh, I think, largely speaking, they're in a really good spot now considering I don't think they've played their best basketball as of yet. But talking about the defense here, hmm. we, we mentioned it on Monday's show. The Nuggets right now are the fourth-ranked defense in the league, giving up 101 points per 100 possessions. Um, I guess my, my first question for you is, like, we've seen, obviously, the defense improve here each of the last couple of seasons. They got into the top 10 last year. Seems like they, they could be heading for another top 10 finish this year. Is this team shifting more uh, to just a defensive identity and a little bit away from, I guess, just the offensive identity that I've kind of associated with this team over the last couple of seasons. Do you see this as a shift, like, in identity, or is just, yeah. like, the defense getting better? I think it's a shift. I think it's been a, a year and, and, and change kind of process here, right? Mason Plumley said point blank at practice. I think we've covered this, but he did say flat out yes, full stop. He thinks it's a defensive mentality now. That's how they've raised their baseline. Not that surprising when you consider Michael Malone's the head coach. We know that that's his philosophy. Uh, and Paul Millsap is also the veteran leader of this team, a guy who believes in defense and I think is an extension of Malone in the court, uh, on the court in that way. Signs that this is a cultural shift, Harrison, I think. Look at Will Barton, the third, uh, who's a guy right now who seems to have a defense and rebounding mentality first, yeah. which is not necessarily congruent with the way he's always talked about. And how about Jamal Murray, who I think part of him getting off to a nice start this year has been his newfound commitment on that level. Those are guys for whom I don't think defense comes first, man. And so seeing the way the entire team is committed, I think is reflective of a cultural change. 
I think for a lack of a better word, Michael Mullen has successfully brainwashed his players into buying <laughs> in on the defensive end of That's the floor. Perfect. perfect. Right? Yep. Because if you were to approach Nikola Jokic like three years ago and say, you know, how important is defense to winning games night in, night out? I think he was under the assumption that Denver could just go out there and outscore everybody. Sure. And I think maybe a part of him still thinks they could do it that way. But I definitely think, obviously, like four years into this thing, well into the Michael Mullen era, he's got these guys believing and he's got these guys believing that like defense is the key to winning not only in the regular season, but more importantly in the playoffs. Millsap helped foster that definitely with his signing, just bringing that mentality. But I don't know. It, it just seems like the Nuggets are really buying into what Malone is selling. There's no doubt about it. That that And it's you're right. I mean, not just Nikola, man. I think everyone two years ago in Denver, if you had told them that this change was coming, they'd have laughed at you. Yeah. Not just that, that it would be sustained, but even just possible in the first place. And how about Jokic's defensive performance against two behemoths and Embiid and Carl and Anthony Towns? We might be seeing Harrison the beginning of this narrative shift from, well, he's too out of shape to, well, he just wasn't trying. Because <laughs> yes. to, to, to some extent, forgive me here if I'm if I'm speaking out of bounds, I think the extra weight was quite helpful as he held his ground against Embiid and Towns um, in the post. This guy's like a redwood right now, so I think it might be effort level more than anything. But he's capable when he cares. Well, he has said that um, he actually prefers playing at a bigger weight. Yep. I don't know exactly what the optimal weight is that he prefers playing at, but he said last year that he prefers playing heavier. He feels stronger. He doesn't get pushed around as easily. And to your point, even. We saw this in, I think, the Minnesota game against Towns, and then we saw it in the game against Embiid and the 76ers. Jokic even had a quote about this after the game. He was like, yeah, I was just fronting Embiid in the post because to get me out of there, he would have to push me all the way up the paint, all the way up the floor. <laughs> and I don't think this was his words exactly, but I weigh a lot. So it's tough for right. him to push me up the floor out of position. So it definitely helps him on the defensive end of the floor. Um and, and he is comfortable playing at this weight. And I think, you know, we saw last year what he could do in the playoffs at a pretty similar size, I feel like. And, and look, it's funny. Like, he might look a, a little tired, a, a little exhausted, like at some points over the first half in some of these games. But then in the fourth quarter and then in overtime, he looks like one of the freshest guys out there. And that was the same thing we saw in the playoffs when he played right. 65 minutes in that 4 OT game. I don't know why, but that just seems like how it's happening. Yeah, out of shape. I don't know. Is he out of – Is he He seems conditioned enough to get it done when it matters. Yeah. Um, more so than even Embiid the other night. I, I think I saw you You put it out. Michael Malone at practice today called Nikola Jokic underrated. Um, which which I think is apt, man. I think the national perception is is that he's one of the worst in the league. Um, that's certainly the case when he doesn't want to play basketball. But when he's engaged, this is an average to sometimes plus defender in my eyes. Am I wrong? 
Oh, no, you're not wrong. We were talking about this last year a lot. He was an average to above average defender last season. And I actually felt like the national perspective was coming around on that. Yeah, but, me too. I, but it seems like it only took like two or three bad defensive games from Jokic at the beginning of the season for everybody to totally forget about what he did last year and just go back to the stigma he's had you know, for his first couple years in the league. It really seemed like it only took one week of him playing <laughs> bad defense to erase everything he did last year. It's one of the toughest parts about <clears throat> being a Jokic defender and fan. Not only do you have one of the tallest mountains to climb in terms of, in terms of convincing these people to put aside their preconceived notions, there's nothing that Jokic cares less about than validating you as a fan in that regard. Right. And Bede Towns, he's not going to go out necessarily and try to show out any more than he would any given night. He doesn't care. Um, and so it's going to be frustrating as, as a Jokic fan. But then what does he do? He follows up that lackadaisical start with with two answered prayers. So, again, maybe the hardest like superstar level guy to evaluate that, we, that we're seeing here. Yeah, for sure. So Jokic, I think, has been much better defensively over the last you know week, two weeks, than he was over the first week of the season. But overall, Denver's starting five has been unbelievable on the defensive end. So through nine games, the Nuggets are only allowing 89.2 points per 100 possessions when their starting five is on the floor. Murray, Jokic, Barton, Harris, and Paul Millsap. So that is the second best defensive lineup in the league out of lineups that have played at least 50 minutes together this season. And funny enough... The best defensive lineup is somehow the Rockets starting five of Westbrook, Harden, House, Tucker, Capella. Wow. But uh, any, anyways, the Nuggets starting five right now is the second best five-man lineup in the league. And I think that speaks to, look, Jokic has been better as of late on the defensive end. Gary Harris has been very good defensively all season long. Yeah, if not great, right? Yeah, I, I mean, his defense looks about what it was in the playoffs last year, and I mm -hmm. wasn't sure he was able to he was going to be able to bring that kind of defensive intensity to just a regular season environment. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. He looks great defensively. I mean, offensively, he's still struggling, but defensively, I actually do think he's playing at, at maybe a third team all NBA level. Uh, it's it's funny, though, that this unit. Well, you talk about a, a on paper and historically weak point of attack defender in Murray an undersized three in Barton and a much maligned defensive anchor in Jokic. And yet defensively, this unit kind of always has held its own. And yep. I don't know. It's just one of those, um, you know, it's, it's greater than the sum of its parts type of deals, but it's, it's certainly incongruent with the national understanding of the nuggets. Right. Millsap helps uh, a guy who's been one of the best help defenders in the league throughout his career and still is. And he's great on the ball as well, but, you know, overall, and Jokic talked a little bit about this today, it's just the extra effort mentality. So much of defense is about just caring and, and just trying. And, I mean, that's what Michael Malone has got this group to do last season and this season. So I think he deserves a lot of credit. Those players deserve a lot of credit as well. I put this uh, graphic in an article on thednvr.com just about how good this starting five has been so far. Here's a little bit of how opposing guards have shot versus Nuggets and Gary Harris this year. Dame Lillard, 10 of 21. CJ McCollum, 5 of 18. Obviously, these aren't all coming against Harris, but Harris guarded all these guys in these matchups. Devin Booker shot 6 of 21. 
Buddy Heald shot two of thirteen. Luka Doncic three of twelve. Drew Holiday seven of seventeen. Evan Fournier five of twelve. Josh Richardson three of ten. Andrew Wiggins ten of twenty-two. First <laughs> off, none of those guys shot better than fifty percent from the field against the Nuggets, which is pretty crazy considering how gifted offensively all those guys are. But I mean, Harris, I, like I said, I didn't know if he'd be able to bring that playoff intensity starting on game one but you know he certainly has and i think he deserves a big tip of the cap for that he does he deserves a lot of credit you're right and he's clutch defensively right it's we always talk about guys hitting shots late in games i can't tell you how many times i feel i've seen gary harris make a clutch steal in the final five minutes of a game without fouling his instincts on that end are uncanny yeah and and paul Millsap might have had the best quote today i was talking to him about the defense and he said and, and this quote might also demonstrate just the fact that this team is absolutely bought in to that defensive mindset. He goes, I think shots are going to eventually fall and we'll have to figure out how we need to play on offense. But defense is the heart and soul of who Mm -hmm. we are. The heart and soul. That's pretty, uh, it's pretty powerful. The Denver Nuggets, (laughs) a defense first team. And it, it might be the second year in a row, Harrison, that that philosophy gets them to a top two seed out West. Potentially. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. We have a long way to go. One <laughs> we but. do. So I, I guess I want to end this section or this segment with like, where do you think the offense goes from here? Do you think it balances out at all? Or, I mean, is the defense going to be ahead of the offense? Because even though the defense was still top 10 last year, look, it's still at a top 10 offense as well. It's seventh best offense in the league. Yeah, I think at that it'll even out. I think it'll start to look a little more like last year. I think the yeah. defense, when it's all said and done, will probably be in the 8 to 11 range. Um, and, and the offense should be, I think, somewhere in, in, the, in the 6 to 12 as well, right? They're too talented to, to linger in the bottom third the way they have. So that, that'll change. That'll even out. But I do think it's the case that this team is winning games with a defense first mentality. And yeah, it's just hard to wrap your minds around. Yeah, I was looking at the schedule here. The Nuggets have held four opponents under 100 points in a row. And per a brief scanning of the schedule over the last uh, three, four seasons, I think they've only done that once. It is it is worth noting, you know, they played Suns without Aiton, right? I mean, they played Philly without Simmons, Minnesota without Teague. Not all these guys are game changers, but, you know, they True. didn't get catch these these offenses at their best. That's probably worth pointing out. True, very true. All right, so I do want to hand out some grades here over the uh, first three weeks of the season. Uh, I do have a question for you, uh, Brendan, first. Have you ever tried the Hot Peak IPA from oh, Breck Brewing? Have I? I'm a huge IPA guy, and I'm, I like I know that's a, a, almost a self-own for some people. They, to, Why to is that a self-own? Why is hey, that look, a self-own? Some people laugh at those who lean in into the craft beer culture. Hmm. I laugh at those who can't enjoy themselves and I enjoy a good IPA any day of the week and Breck Brews is the best out there, man. Well, let me read this uh, little blurb about the hot peak IPA to you. Simcoe and Citra dry hops form a pinnacle of lush citrus and pine aromas in this modern interpretation of the classic India pale ale. This is about the hot peak IPA. Our hop back infuses flavor from whole, from whole cone hope, Hops to build a complete body further emboldened by the addition of an oil-rich concentrated hop flower resin called lupulin powder. Wow, that's um, a Dr. Seuss book there. 
goodness. Yeah, and that's everything that's in the Hot Peak IPA. So you heard it from the man, the IPA enthusiast, Brendan Vote. Check out the Hot Peak IPA, uh, another great beer from Breckenridge Brewing. And before we move on, quick word from Denver Rubber Company. You guys know how supporting local business is in our blood. So super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your local long-term projects because since 1972, they're providing the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets to molded rubber to custom contract manufacturing and custom hoses. And guess what? Snow is coming. We've already had a taste of it. You'll need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything. Snow plows, DRC can cut to size and pre-slot most snow plow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked out their warehouse a few weeks back. It was nothing short of amazing. These guys have created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades. And we even witnessed machines that cut material that are used in bulletproof vests. Remember, Denver Rubber Company makes it all custom and you can purchase products for yourself and, of course, buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people just like us here at DNVR. Be sure to call them today for any snowplow needs, custom gaskets, hoses, etc. 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com backslash DNVR. And of course, tell them who sent you. All right, Brendan, let's hand out some grades here over the first three weeks of the season. I guess let's start with Nuggets point guard Jamal Murray. How would you grade his play here? And I guess you can incorporate some off-the-court elements, too, if you want, but just an all-encompassing grade here. So strictly from a a mathematical perspective here, Harrison, averaging our DNVR player grades that we've handed out to Murray, he's sitting at an 84. But I want to point out that that's anchored by a poor game score in that last performance in which she was clearly hurt. So 84 oh, yeah. is low. Yeah. And as you pointed out, there's off the court factors here as well. And Murray emerging as a willing and engaged leader is among the chief storylines in the Denver's seven and two start. So all is that to say it's a B plus, you know what? I'll push it to a minus start for Jamal. Okay. Murray. I'm going to go all the way up to an A for Jamal Murray. Um, I've been so impressed with his play and his leadership off the court, like you said. That's been one of the juiciest storylines, I feel like, is just him emerging as this really vocal presence for this team on the court, in the locker room. His numbers look pretty good, 18.8 points a game, 5.0 rebounds, 4.2 assists. He avoided the October swoon and the November swoon that's killed him in the past, shooting 36.5% from three. So I feel like he's been really good on the court, even better off it. So I'm going to give him an A. Sweet. I'm with it. All right. Uh, Gary Harris, his backcourt partner. We just spoke about his defense, but I don't know. I feel like his offense could uh, weigh down his grade here a little bit. Yeah, that's right. So he's got a game score so far average of, of 78. And I think that that's probably that's buoyed pretty significantly right by that that elite defense we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, offensively, it's been a D plus C minus start in my eyes. Uh, so I'll call it a C plus for Gary. Is that fair, Harrison? Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm going to bump mine up to a B minus. 
just because I'm going to weigh what he's doing defensively a little bit more than how poor he's been on offense. All right, but fair enough. I mean, his offense. Let's talk about his offense a little bit because this has been a point of conversation between us and Adam and the the slack and all that. But you know, he is not really getting those shots off at the rim as much as he has in years past. Taking a lot of floaters from like that short mid range. Uh, Michael Malone talked about today. Said he'd like to see him get to the rim a little bit more, which I think we all would. But I feel like. I don't know. I just feel like he's searching a bit on offense. He seems way more unsure of himself this year than he has yeah. in years past. That's the right way to frame it, I think. And with given the extended sort of inconsistency shooting from deep, um, and 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 his his tentative kind of nature when driving to the rim and and resigning to these floaters, yeah, I think kind of unsure of what to do, uh, lacking conviction is the way I describe him offensively. I wonder if it's because he lost some weight coming in at the instruction of the team. Um, that was a mutual understanding, of course, in an effort to keep him healthier. But, you know, in my eyes, man, he wasn't, when he was getting to the rim, dunking on people, um, finishing through contact, this is not a guy who draws a lot of fouls, by the way. He wasn't blowing past people, and it was an exceptional handle. He was so strong. He created separation with his shoulders at the last second. Um, he was just kind of hard to body off of his path to the to the rim. And I wonder if he doesn't feel as strong coming in 15 pounds lighter. Yeah, interesting. I'm not sure. But, you know, Malone said today he wants to see him get to the rim more. And uh, he, he has been a pretty good finisher, I believe, throughout most of his career. But has not been terribly efficient on these floaters so far. And just looks like uncomfortable taking them. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's move on. Will Barton... I'm just going to give Barton an A. You know, offensively, I think he's been really good. Defensively, I think he's been better than he was last year. 14.9 points, 7.7 rebounds a game. You touched on that earlier, but he's been really good rebounding the ball. And, um, you know, I, I stuck to it all summer, and I put myself out in the line, as a lot of us did. I think you did as well. But, um, I mean, this looks like the Will Barton – from 2017-18, and yeah. that's the guy the Nuggets really need right now in that starting lineup. Turns out he's a very good basketball player. Yeah, not a surprise to us at DNVR. Really nice start. I'll give him an A minus A as well. Um, and and his mental, like the mental aspect of this, his approach on the court, uh, his newfound confidence again in the locker room. You know, in 17-18, I I always thought he was the heart and soul of this team. That's certainly not the case now. We're seeing some of that old preacher thrill kind of persona. Uh, rear its head so just all around a great start from will i think a minus or a is appropriate and and sliding into that starting unit quite nicely yeah he seems really at peace right now and i was talking about this with adam today but do you remember when um he was asked at trading camp uh what do you think about the small forward competition hmm. and he was like he kind of laughed a little and was like what competition well I mean, we're the ones laughing now that there even was a competition. Right. Because, right. I, I mean, I think we all thought he should be the starter or he should definitely be the starter over Tory Craig. But, um, I mean, he has just separated himself from all the other small forwards. Now it seems kind of silly there was a competition in the first place. Yeah, I wonder how much of the one there ever was, right? I mean, versus maybe Malone knowing how to motivate some guys, try to stoke a competitive camp. 
Yeah. Um, but I think his inclination was always to give his veteran guy his job back. Yeah. Okay, Paul Millsap. You know, Millsap's offensive numbers, obviously, uh, I think they're a little down from what they were a year ago, but he's still been incredibly efficient, which I think is the most important thing from him, especially from three. I mean, Millsap shooting 48% from three last uh, on the season, and he's been really good defensively, I think, too. Doesn't seem like he's lost a step there. I'd give him an A minus. Yeah, A minus, B plus, um, nothing less for sure. Not just efficient, is timely fair? Doesn't it seem like he's made really important shots to to stop bleeding or continue a run? Or obviously in that Philly comeback, he was crucial. Um, yeah, well, think about that third quarter the other night, right? Yeah, right. Like those fourteen points in the third quarter. Denver needed somebody right then to step up with Jokic with. Murray doing the heavy lifting. They needed a third guy in that game, and that was Millsap. And you're talking about a team with with Will Barton, the third Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, and at his best, a guy who who commands some shots in Gary Harris. It, it's important that Millsap is a guy who can turn the switch on and off, right? As important as his big stretches are his ability to realize they don't need me to shoot right now. And I thought he's kind of pushed the buttons nicely this year. Let's move on to Jokic. I'm curious what our uh, cumulative DNVR player grade says about him. So it hasn't been an 84. Um, <laughs> but, you know, statistically, this has not been a good start for Jokic. He's not shooting well at all. Uh, right. The, re- the rebounding's down. He's not scoring a ton. Um, but as we know, the impact he has on the offense just by being in the court is seemingly immeasurable. Um, he's been clutch when he's ne- been needed to and, and obviously essential literally essential to two wins with game winning shots. So um, B, B plus. Um, I'm going to go with B because I'm going to hold him to a higher bar as an MVP candidate this year. I think that's a fine grade because yes, he's been great these last two games that shouldn't erase like his first couple weeks of the season right. where he, yep. he was pretty bad, you know, and even like, I guess maybe he wasn't pretty bad, but like Jokic can come out and give a very below average effort and still be really good. But, you know, to if we're holding to the standard we have over the last couple of years, he was bad for him. He he was bad yeah. for Jokic over those first couple of weeks. And yeah, we can't figure we can't forget about that. So yeah, I'd say B to B plus would be fair for him. All right, let's move on to the bench. Uh before we do though. Quick word from Piper Electric. Piper Electric has been serving the Denver community and the Denver metro area since 1983. Through a commitment to customer service and team performance, Piper Electric is the hometown electrical contractor you can trust. If you call 303-646-6765, they will give you the DNVR hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. They work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. Don't forget, you have to call 303-646-6765 to receive 20% off your next service call. All right, what do you think about Monte Morris' season so far? Uh, so we have him at an 80. I was going to give him a B-. And you know what I was I was kind of laughing to myself about? Isn't that really, wouldn't you be thrilled to get kind of B-minus production from a backup point guard? We just have a high bar for Monte, who was probably an A minus all year last year. Um, so, b- kind of slow start, but these last few games, it looks like he's coming to the level. And you know, not all of the bench's struggles can be attributed to him. And if the guys around him aren't playing well, he's going to struggle too. So, B minus feels appropriate for Monte. 
Yeah, I think I'm with a B minus as well. I think out of anyone, him and Malik Beasley, and we'll talk about Malik in a second, but they've seen a pretty big drop in minutes here. Like Monte was playing 24 minutes a game last season, and we knew he would play a fewer amount of minutes, especially if everybody's healthy. And we've seen that. He's averaging 17.3 minutes per game right now. And I think he's been hurt a little bit by just not the total amount of minutes that he played last year. Uh, but I do agree. His last couple of games, it seems like he's been rounding into form. Uh, I think a B-minus is appropriate. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Malik? Oof. Um, so he's shooting well, but, man, I test defensively. He's making really, really poor mistakes. He does not seem focused and dialed in in the way he was last year to me. I'm going through stretches where I'm forgetting about Malik Beasley. Part of that, like you said, is he's not playing as much. Um, but I, I have 78 is his average. I'm, I haven't, I pushed him down to a C though, just because I, I expected more from him. Yeah. I think a C is probably appropriate. I like what you said about forgetting he's even been on the court because last season you always knew when Malik Beasley was on the court or when because... he wasn't right. You were like, where is that dude? We need right. Him out there. Right. He was just this jolt of energy. Every time he got on the floor last game, we have not seen that. And like I said, with Morris, he Malik has had a big re- deduction in uh, playing time as well. Played 23 minutes per game last year, just 16 per game this year. And, and like his playing time has really fluctuated, like just seven minutes against Philly. Um, I think he, he had an injury or did he have an injury in that game? Illness, right? Didn't he leave yeah. with an illness or something like that? He left with an illness uh, in this Minnesota game. He only played five minutes mm. and uh, it's questionable for – Tuesday against the Hawks, but like 13 minutes against the Magic, 14 minutes against Dallas. I mean, this is just really low minute numbers for Beasley. And we knew it'd be tough for him to get, you know, 20 plus minutes a game. Um, but it just doesn't seem like Michael Mullen is too encouraged with his play right now. I think that's it, right? I mean, as you've kind of been all over from camp to now, there are maybe there is maybe room to get him in at the three if you're not trusting MPJ defensively or Craig offensively. But defensive trust is a big thing for Malone, and I don't think he has any in Malik right now. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the uh, small, the backup small forwards here. Tory Craig, what do you think about him? And then let's talk about Mike Porter as well. Okay, so I don't know if I did this or if there was a typo or if I'm misremembering something. Torrey Craig had an A- minus in Game 1 in Portland. Did he Did he have a great game? That seemed wild to me. Um, um, hmm. Let me let me look up the box score real quick. Well, as you, you do, I'll just mention that, that that brought his average score all the way up to 76, which was higher than I was expecting, man, because mm-hmm. I, in these last handful of games, three, three to four games, He's been a non-factor. I'd say a D plus to C minus player at best, um, and and you know the thing he does does the best isn't as important on that second unit. So he he's been another guy that I think has been invisible even while on the court. Yeah. So Tory did play well in that opener. He had ten point six rebounds. And if you remember, he shot two or three from three, and that was like the big thing because all training camp we were hearing about man, that's right. Tory Craig's jumper looks much improved. He comes out and the opener drains two threes. And we're like, oh, maybe there's something here. Right. Played some but then yeah. I think he missed his next 10 uh, from distance. He's hit a couple since, uh, but the three-point shot doesn't look like it's 
you know, that much improved from last year, shooting 23.5% from three on the year right now. And uh, yeah, you know, defensively, I think he's had some okay moments, but overall, I don't think it's been up to the level that the Nuggets were hoping for. And so, yeah, I'd say maybe a uh, a C for Tory. Yeah, I would even go as low as C minus. I think it's been a a tough start for a guy who, who I frankly I like a lot and I'm rooting for pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And then Porter, uh, what have you thought about you know his season and the little bit of spot <laughs> minutes he's gotten here? Yeah, he's he's almost in that NA category, right? Where I think Lancho yeah. and Jared. Um, but I, I guess I'll give Porter a, a C in the middle. Um, offensively, the 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 peaks have looked gorgeous. A lot of it's coming garbage time, sure. But when this guy's not thinking out there, he's just an unconscious scorer. Um, but as we know, it looks like defensively and and unfortunately on the glass, the latter being the bigger surprise, uh, it's gonna be. It's going to be at times an adventure for him in his rookie season. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, the lows have been low. The highs have been very high. And I think that's going to be the case with him all season long. You know, I'm not going to be that rough on him. I'm going to give him I'm going to give him a B. You know, this guy's a rookie who hasn't played live sure. action quite a bit before the preseason. So I'll go a little easy on him there. But just overall on Porter, man, it's weird because, you know, on offense, he hasn't looked to do much. He looked to do a lot more in the preseason, you know, as we probably would have expected him to. But regular season, he hasn't looked to you know create that much. But, I mean, just how he moves. And he had that gorgeous oop that he got from Jokic a couple games ago. The give and go with Mason. Oh, yeah, right? that was that was with Mason. Yeah, yeah. thank you. I, I just see, like, superstar potential with this guy. I really do. And if he figures it out, and I think there is a chance that he does figure it out, I think he can be a special, special player. I think the ceiling, I'm not sure if there is a ceiling. I just think from watching him these first couple games, from watching him in the preseason, I see a guy who has superstar potential. And if he can just figure it out on the defensive end of the floor, I think Denver really, really has something here. Michael Porter Jr., barring health, issues which is a a significant if he is inevitable right the basketball part of it he is going to be a high level scorer in the nba and a guy like that who's been a high level scorer throughout his entire life you know i don't know him well but i I think it's fair to assume he may not be the most malleable or coachable guy out there the way a just a a, a udonis haslam type of player would be if there's ever going to be a time in mpj's career where you can mold and you can teach and you have a chance to get ahead of his habits, it's now. And so in that sense, I do like the way that Malone's handled this. I know we need he's only going to get better when he can play more, but he will. And I think Malone's attempt to at least mentally kind of drill the right kind of daily habits and mindset into him, um, maybe it'll all be futile, but I, I support it because this guy's going to be good and you want to make sure he's the best version of himself possible down the line. Yeah, well said. Uh, let's move on to the last couple of rotation guys here. Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley. Uh, I'm gonna give Grant. Oh man, this is tough. I'm gonna give Grant a B plus. Like he's been up and down. His three point shot has been up and down. Uh, defensively, I think he's still finding himself. Um, but you know, I'm never. I'm still not an E 
I guess, lower than I have been on his potential fit long-term. Maybe a B-plus is a little high. Maybe B-minus B is the better range. Yeah, I was going to say, so we actually have him at an 80. B-minus sounds right to me. I think kind of anecdotally his peaks have been so high because yeah. he, sh- he has so much flourish, right? Like when he finishes a big dunk or a big play, it's exciting in that Malik Beasley way. Um, but that can maybe overshadow what's been a, a pretty inconsistent start for him. Um, I still feel good about him as a fit. You know, the more Jokic, the more minutes alongside Jokic and the starters, the better. But to this point, I think B minus is probably appropriate. Yeah, that's probably more uh, on track. And then with Mason, you know, mm. I think he had a poor game against Minnesota, which was just so uncharacteristic from him. I mean, he is a guy who you can always count on for energy and just to bring a solid play. I'm going to give an A minus to him for the season so far. Wow. I was going to give him a, a B. Um, I think of he and Monte as so intertwined hand in hand. Um, and I don't think either can flourish un- unless the other is in that second unit as well. Um, and they'll both struggle together. Mason mitigates that with effort um, and just size. You could just have impact in a game when you're that big. Definitely. So I, B, I think B is fair. Um, I thought Mason was much, much better. La- Mason was very good last year. And I think the bar he set for himself as a backup center, um, it, it is probably a little higher than you're seeing it for me. Well, and also, he is best when he's playing, you know, with better players. And mm-hmm. just this Nuggets bench has not been as good as it was last year. So exactly, yep. that's that's another reason why you're probably not seeing him pop to the extent he did a year ago. Precisely. Yep. I, I don't think we have to talk about Vando or uh, Wancho, although I just can't for the life of me really understand why Wancho has not gotten a chance this year. Uh, maybe he will going forward. Maybe he won't. But, yeah, really nothing on those guys yet. Yeah, I, the Wancho and Denver thing is starting to look a little bleak. That's obviously just that's not rooted in anything besides what we're seeing. Um, that great piece Mike Singer put up where Wancho was transparent in that he's a great teammate. He's a coachable guy, but like anyone else, he wants to play. And he's young, and he's, he's going to get a chance somewhere someday. Yeah, well, the Nuggets take on the Hawks on Tuesday. Trey Young comes to town. Denver looking for its eighth win of the year. You got any final thoughts before we get out of here? How about um, how about Nikola Jokic at a B, and the Nuggets are seven and two right. with a, a sneaky good win profile. That that's what I want to finish with. If you th- yes, there were some injuries, but road in Minnesota, home opener at Portland, a good Phoenix team. Philly, even if they were Simmons list, this is a sneaky good win profile. If they take care of these next few games at home, Harrison, we're looking at maybe even a better start than last year. Man, I didn't think it could get better than uh, nine and one last year, but we'll see. Yo, let us know what you guys think about these grades we handed out. Uh, if you have a reaction, if you have questions about anything we talked about, mm-hmm. get in the DNVR comment section on this podcast or in any one of our articles. We'll answer your questions on a couple of our shows later this week. If you agree with us, if you disagree with us, uh, let us know. And with that, we'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Talk to you guys then. As you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. Our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. 
That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today.